Hey everybody, it's your friend and comrade here. So this episode is just an upload of a Twitter space that happened earlier today. It was hosted by Cage UK with Samadun Palestinian Prisoner Solidarity Network organising to build solidarity with Palestinian prisoners movements and its struggles for freedom. It was also joined by Suzanne, who's the president of the National Lawyers Guild. And this space was also joined by Palestine Action. The whole episode is about political prisoners for Palestine. So if you are Palestine Action, this is a must listen, especially since there's a huge new campaign to support Palestine Action prisoners, get them out of prison, and we are going to do that work. So do listen, take note. Here is the Twitter space. British complicity with Israeli apartheid. So a bit about Palestine Action before we go in and speak to our guests. Palestine Action is a a direct action network. It's based in the UK. It works and aims to disrupt the complicity of the UK government and corporations in the Israeli occupation of Palestine. And the network focuses on targeting companies that are directly involved in supporting or profiting from the Israeli occupation. And their actions include occupying and shutting down offices, factories and warehouses of these companies to raise awareness about their complicity in the violation of the Palestinians. And I believe two Elbit system sites have been closed down already. Elbit Systems provides 85% of the drones used by the Zionist occupation military including those used to assassinate Palestinians in Jenin and the assaults on Gaza. Now, we hear daily and we see daily the devastation that Palestinians suffer, but I still want to break it down in the context of this conversation and the struggle of political prisoners, both in Palestine and now the actionists that are in prison here in the UK. In recent weeks and days, we've seen the Jenin invasion, over a thousand Soldiers were deployed by the Israeli occupying force. Over 150 armored caterpillar, uh, armed caterpillar bulldozers, armed drones, vehicles and explosive bullets were used. 12 Palestinians were murdered, including four of them that were children. Israeli forces bulldozed 3.9 kilometers of roads in Jenin refugee camp, deliberately making it difficult for ambulances to reach injured people. Ambulances and the press were attacked, as well as hospitals. Up to 4,000 people were internally displaced and Israeli airstrikes damaged homes and infrastructure. So by disrupting the operations of these companies, Palestine Action aims to pressure them to end their involvement in the occupation. So by default, Pal Action is taking the position and rightfully that it is not criminal to disrupt the actions of the state that are rendering it complicit in the crimes committed by an apartheid regime. So this network is materially involved in dismantling the violence that we witness on our screens, but the Palestinians live every single day. And as we speak, the network is continuing its efforts to dismantle British complicity and simultaneously there are actionists on trial And I believe, as I said, there are six actionists in prison and a hundred more who face prison for disrupting the production of Israeli weapons on British soil. And there's been a statement that's been issued and we will link that in the conversation in the comments below so you can access that. The statement has been signed by organisers and activists, academics and influentials, including Mohamed Al-Kurd, Kosi Mandela, Roger Waters, Moazin Beg, low-key, and many more. The final note in the statement reads that the heroes who've taken courageous action to expose and dismantle Britain's role in the colonization of Palestine should be celebrated and rewarded, not imprisoned. And we therefore call for the release of all Palestine action political prisoners and for the charges to be dropped against all those facing sentences for simply doing what is necessary. It's great to have with me in participation here today in this conversation. 
uh, individuals that are all working together as a collective in support and solidarity with the actionists in prison. Huda, if I can come to you first, my first question to you, Huda, is twofold. What does the direct action at present look like and how does that work hand in hand with the ongoing trials and support for the actionists imprisoned? Thank you. So, thank you so much for hosting the space and for um, and for having and for supporting Palestine Action and our actionists in prison. So our direct action started in the end of July 2020, so nearly three years ago, and it was in reaction to a failure of the democratic process to bring justice for the Palestinian people and, crucially, to end British complicity with the colonisation of Palestine, complicity which had been going on for over a century. And so rather than appeal to the powers that be, uh, appeal to the government and to the establishment who were, com who were part of the oppressive system which is oppressing the Palestinian people, we decided to take direct action against all of these weapons factories, Israeli weapons factories specifically across Britain. And as you mentioned, our main target is Albert Systems, Israel's largest weapons firm, who at the time when we started Palestine Action had 10 sites across this country. That was five factories, two offices, and they were also present and still are in three different Royal Air Force sites. So several of us, and now it's up to the hundreds, um, a few hundred people have taken direct action, which has ranged from people blockading the gates, um, going inside of, of the offices and spray painting the inside, people climbing onto the roof of these factories and dismantling the premises from the roof. And sometimes people break inside these factories to destroy their weapons of war so that they can't operate um, anymore. And so this has been effective in numerous ways. It has disrupted the production of Israeli weapons. The Elvis mm -hmm. suppliers have also been targeted. And as you said, it has, um, it has cost Elvis Systems hundreds of millions of pounds uh, since we've launched and also their partners and suppliers. And as you mentioned, it's led to the closure of uh, two Elbert two system sites. That's one in Oldham and one in London. And also they've, um, they've been kicked out of contracts worth hundreds of millions of pounds. But what we're seeing is that we are, um, with, with these direct actions, people are risking their liberty in order to stop the functioning of these sites, which are part of a criminal enterprise for profiting from weapons on the pa Palestinian people. And so often this is leading to trials, uh, sometimes in the magistrate's court and sometimes in the Crown Court. But we see the trials as a continuation of our actions. It's a chance to put um, Elbert Systems in the spotlight. It's a chance to examine their crimes and to try and prove that Elbert Systems are the war criminals in this situation and that our actions are therefore justified and necessary. Um, and so we've had several different court cases with different outcomes. We did win our first Crown Court case, but we're seeing now that in some cases, not in all trials, but in some trials, uh, judges are removing the ability for, uh, for activists to defend themselves and to justify their actions, um, which, which basically silences the activists and silences their ability to actually explain the true situation and to give a jury a full chance to examine the situation and to examine whether the arms company, the Israeli weapons company is the guilty party or whether it's the activists stopping them from operating. And we've also seen, and this information hasn't um, come out yet, but it will shortly, that there has been um, Israeli lobbying uh, behind the scenes with the Attorney General um, and other, other political parties who have been discussing our cases. So this is also uh, something that we're seeing. But I think by imprisoning these activists in the first place, 
the British state is demonstrating their interests in protecting the military supply chain of uh, a foreign apartheid state, basically, over the freedom of its own citizens. You know, mm. the, the CPS in this country is supposed to deal with cases that are in the public interest. Uh, and that's the key thing, but it's not in the public interest. You know, we go to different communities who want these factories out, who are out there themselves outside these factories. These prosecutions are in the interest of the Israeli apartheid regime. Um, and, and that's why they've been so keen on pursuing them. And just one a couple of examples of this. We've had cases where the CPS actually dropped the charges <clears throat> and then Elbert Systems would review that decision and then the CPS would go, okay, we'll recharge them. So they drop the charges and then recharge mm. them after Albert intervenes because they are deemed to be the victims in these scenarios. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and just on that, I know you had the, uh, the siege in Leicester and this other ongoing actions and it's given the challenges and, and from what you've described, um, the, 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 the work and th that you've put into this is still continuing. Is that correct? Well, yes, definitely. For Palestine mm. Action, we uh, we will continue until until all of these sites are shut down, mm -hmm. um, mm. and and these Israeli weapons manufacturers can't operate in this country. There was just an action this week where the um, sewage pipes of Albert's factory in Leicester were concreted up. Um, which has left Elbert's site in Leicester in uh, serious chaos and severely <laughs> disrupted um, as, we're, as we're seeing at this moment in time. But yes, the fight, the fight continues. And I think for those activists in prison as well, that's crucial because we risk our liberty in order to, um, in order to be able to defeat Israel's arms trade in this country. And when we started Palestine Action, we weren't under any illusion that it wasn't going to be difficult and that we weren't going to face serious obstacles. But every time you overcome these obstacles, that brings you closer to to the end goal. Yeah. And I think it's really, really commendable, um, you know, just you sharing what you, what you have. In fact, that the, the, the fight will continue until every single factory is shut down. In terms of the, the prisoners, obviously, it means it does mean that now you're you're battling on different fronts. So there's the direct action, but there's also providing the support around those that are in prison and those that are on trial. And I mentioned earlier that there was a statement that has been signed by several academics, organisers and individuals. Do you want to just speak a bit about that, Huda? Yeah, I think that was an incredible show of support to see from various different types of public figures ranging from you know prominent Palestinians to lawyers to celebrities and I, it just further demonstrates that there is that when people understand the scenario when you understand what what Albert Systems and these companies are doing and the fact that they are literally dealing in death and destruction and they are making a killing off the occupation you know by marketing these weapons as battle tested and mm. um, that they're continuing to do so. And then when you see activists trying to disrupt that, that that is the appropriate and correct approach to take in such a situation. And, you know, there's no denying that in this country, there is no, the democratic process when it comes to Palestine is completely broken. You know, when we see in, in 2021 during the bombing of Gaza, over 500,000 people sign a petition calling for sanctions. You know, they have a debate in Parliament and it's just painful to watch because absolutely nothing comes from it. You know, we're seeing what bills are trying to push through now mm. and everyone abstaining from it. I mean, we are, um, and I think, you know, b before Palestine action, what happened in Labour and everything else, all of these things demonstrate that if we realize the urgency of the situation in Palestine, the fact that it is continuing and mm. that we can't rely on the traditional processes anymore, then the route left for us is to take direct action. And, and that is the correct and the right thing to do. 
and arguably the legal thing to do as well when you know everything else goes out of the window for these politicians and the establishment when it comes to them continuing the oppression of the Palestinian people um, and you know for us I think not taking action while you could be living 30 minutes away from a weapons factory which is building these weapons which for someone who's alive today they that could be the weapon that kills them and I mm -hmm. think if you think of it like that then it's it's easy to make that choice even if it comes with risks you know um that that is the correct choice to make and that they never build these weapons factories and and they're not going to build them in front of palestinians they're building them in the imperial core yeah. because this is where they believe they are safe mm. um, and that's why that it's so crucial that we engage in this battle from where we are and that we participate in the palestinian struggle uh, for liberation from where we mm. are and take the most concrete steps to help them in that in that fight Thank you, Hoda. I think just just a couple of points I want to add that that through the the network and the the work that Pal Action have done, one thing that's now out there is that these are the factories and this is where they are and this is how they operate and what they're doing. That's become very visible. It's not shrouded in secrecy anymore. And I I actually went down to Leicester and. Um, outside the, the, the siege outside the factory and it was incredible to see the show of solidarity that was there and it was very evident that the people in that community do not want this in their doorstep they don't want it um so i think you know to just to to kind of correlate those two points the fact that you've done the work and it's now out there and and albit uh, and companies alike cannot hide what they're doing um and also the fact that the people in the communities they don't want that on their doorstep and so we all have our part to play in uh, in pushing back against it i will come back to you hoda but i'm going to bring in charlotte now um charlotte you, charlotte is uh the uh, the international coordinator at samidun and there's been a fantastic statement that's been put together where Palestinian prisoners movement has raised its voice from inside Israeli occupation prisoners prisons to show solidarity with the imprisoned actionists and demand their freedom. So I was I was reading the statement earlier and and the statement again highlights the root cause of the issue which is complicity and the enabling of violence and and the prisoners commend the actions of the Pal Action Network. Now, given that we now have actionists in prison here in the UK, in solidarity with Palestine, how do we sort of continue to build solidarity globally and also simultaneously? Because you're obviously working with prisoners um, on the other side. Thank you so much for this important question and for highlighting the struggle of the Palestine action prisoners and the struggle against repression in Britain as very much part and parcel and on the same continuum of repression and targeting that the Palestinian prisoners movement and the Palestinian resistance is facing inside occupied Palestine. Um, as the Palestinian prisoner, as the Palestinian liberation movement has noted historically, uh, most notably Ghassan Kanafani, um, that there is a that the Palestinian cause is not does not only face you know the enemy that is the Israeli occupation. The Palestinian cause is confronting Zionism and is confronting reactionary regimes and is confronting imperialism, which is which is the primary enemy that is providing the funds, the military, the weaponry, the uh, unlimited uh, military, diplomatic, and political support. And we've certainly seen that in Britain from the era of the colonization of Palestine and the issuance of the Balfour Declaration to the present day, as the prisoners themselves note, themselves note in their statement. And so 
the Palestinian cause, the Palestinian liberation struggle is facing these enemies on an international level, on an Arab level, and on a Palestinian level. And what that also means is that when the struggle escalates outside Palestine and on the international level, the way that Palestine action have been doing to raise up the level of international resistance and confrontation of the Zionist project and of the and of the, the Zionist war machine, then we are also going to see a concomitant level of repression. And so in Britain, it might not be able to take you and throw you in administrative detention without charge or trial. But what they can do is arrest you, uh, hold you on remand, and bring you before a crown court and attempt to deny you the right to defend yourself um, in a meaningful by say, for example, as Huda was speaking about cutting off the necessity defense. There are currently political prisoners of the Palestinian cause outside occupied Palestine. For example, in France, George Ibrahim Abdullah, um, the Lebanese Arab struggler for Palestine, has been jailed in France for over 38 years. And there's a growing campaign for George's freedom, even though he's actually won his parole in France of the French Israeli and U.S. governments have refused to process his release from Lebanon in his home country. In the United States, there are currently Ghassan al-Ashi and Shukri Abu Bakr and Mufid Abdul Qadr, who are the prisoners of the Holy Land Foundation Five, who are serving sentences of up to 65 years in U.S. maximum security prisons for doing nothing more than collecting charitable funds and support for Palestine because uh, they were charged under a ludicrous um, interpretation of material support laws in the United States that essentially meant to target the idea that Palestinians could receive financial support from their own communities and supporters in the United States, in exile and diaspora around the world, remembering that Palestinians are you know, in a majority in exile and diaspora, that this had to be cut off in order for Palestinians inside occupied Palestine to only receive conditional aid that comes from the European Union, the United States, and Arab reactionary regimes that can be cut off at any mention of resistance. And so in order to cut off that flow of charitable support to the Palestinian people that was not conditional and that was not based on uh, subverting and undermining resistance, there are now three Palestinian elders serving up to 65 years in U.S. prison. And so this is the context in which the, Palest the Palestine actionists are being attacked. And so when we look, just like we look at George Abdallah and Mufid Abdul Qadr and Ghassan al-Ashi and Shukri Abu Bakr, that we are talking about international prisoners of the Palestinian cause. This doesn't mean that the conditions are exactly the same. Of course, right now in occupied Palestine, there are 1,083 Palestinians jailed without charge or trial in administrative detention under a so-called secret file, where neither those detained nor even their lawyers have any access to any allegations or evidence against them out of 5,000 total Palestinian prisoners in occupation jails. Palestinian prisoners are men and women, children and elders, their teachers and students and farmers and workers. They're overwhelmingly from the popular classes of Palestine. They come from Jerusalem, from occupied Palestine 48, from the Gaza Strip, from the West Bank, and in multiple occasions, there have also been Palestinian uh, refugees in exile who have also been held in Zionist prisons. There have been Arab prisoners held in Zionist prisons. And historically, there have also been international prisoners held in Zionist prisons who joined the Palestinian cause and who joined the Palestinian revolutionary struggle. The kind of direct action that Palestine action is taking up places Palestine action is part of this international popular cradle of the Palestinian resistance. There are Palestinians on the ground who are struggling on a daily basis, not just to defend their land and not just to defend their lives from occupation and colonization, 
but to struggle for a future of liberation for Palestine from the river to the sea. And in order to sustain that resistance, just like we saw in Janine last week, when despite the massive armaments unleashed by the occupation and by the Zionist colonizer, it was the resistance that was able to hold the center of Janine camp and repel their invasion. That what sustains and grows that resistance is that popular cradle, that popular support, that base among the people. And that doesn't need to be confined just to occupied Palestine alone. That's something that especially if we know that Palestinians are confronting not just the Israeli occupation, but Zionism, but imperialism, and the imperialist states that are aiding and enabling and arming this project, that we can be part of an international popular cradle of popular support for the resistance. And one of the first priorities there is shutting down the war machine. And what Palestine Action is doing is shutting down the war machine. And this is the context in which they're facing political imprisonment. It's very much the same context in which student activists in occupied Palestine are seized from their campuses and thrown in administrative detention because they held a book fair or organized an exhibition on their campus that, in, that was in support of resistance and liberation. It is very much that same process that we see inside Palestine and outside Palestine. And while the conditions of confinement might be different, and while the circumstances of 75 years of Zionist colonialism and violence visited upon the Palestinian people is its own unique circumstance, there is a direct connection. And so the Palestinian prisoners inside occupied Palestine, by issuing this statement, they're saying that we recognize that we have a common struggle, that we're part of one movement. And every day, the Palestinian prisoners are not just victims of the occupation. Instead, they're resistance leaders. They're continuing to lead in the movement for the resistance to fight back against Zionist colonization and for the Palestinian revolution to achieve the liberation of Palestine. And the Palestine action prisoners, just as much as they're behind bars outside Palestine action, just as Huda was talking about, is continuing to do yet more actions, fighting back, fighting against the war machine and challenging this process. And, you know, one of the objectives of these kinds of attacks on an international level is to redirect the movement so that all we do is legal support and we are pushed away from doing the actual resistance and actual popular organizing that's being targeted. And something that's you know, very clear here is that Palestine Action is refusing to get caught up in that process and saying, we're going to put Elbit on trial instead. So in many ways, Palestine Action is learning from and incorporating the historical tactics and current tactics and struggle of the Palestinian prisoners movement inside the Zionist jails, but it's also engaged in a constant mutual evolution of struggle alongside the Palestinian prisoners movement. And so um, this is, you know, not something that's just limited to Britain. You know, we're seeing in France, for example, mm -hmm. uh, the collective Palestine Vankra and other Palestine associations have been ordered dissolved by the Macron government. And they've won a preliminary step in their legal battle, but the legal battle is still continuing on a daily basis, but so is the organizing. In Germany, there's been a tremendous level of repression targeting uh, the largest Palestinian and Arab community in Europe, including the banning of Nakba demonstrations, the banning of, um, of Palestinian Prisoners' Day, and even a demand by the Israeli ambassador to ban the pasting of posters on the wall in honor of Palestinian prisoners and martyrs. You mentioned Kader Adnan when you opened the session. Six armed German police were sent onto the streets of Berlin to strip a mural of Kader Adnan from an empty wall in a street in the center of the busiest Palestinian and Arab business district in Berlin. 
Um, so these countries, just like we talked about the imprisonment of George Abdullah, the imprisonment of the Holy Land Five, attempts to ban boycotting the Zionist occupation in the United States, Britain, and elsewhere. These are recognitions on the part of the imperialist powers, what their role is in suppressing and targeting and undermining the Palestinian resistance. It's on the same continuum with the listing of Palestinian resistance organizations as so-called terrorist organizations, which is another attempt to dismantle this level of popular support for the Palestinian resistance. But what Palestine Action has done through its courageous actions that are clearly in support of the Palestinian people as a whole, um, fighting back against a war machine that's being armed and funded from Britain, is something that uh, really needs to be a lesson to all of us in the material core in terms of the possibilities and the potentials of what can be done, that our horizons don't need to just be limited or closed to lobbying Congress or, you know, having a silent vigil, that there is more action that can be taken, but also that there are costs that accompany that. And that it's incumbent upon all of us to organize, mobilize, and act to free the Palestinian political prisoners who are the leaders of the Palestinian resistance locked behind bars to liberate every one of those 5,000 prisoners and to create a popular base of support for the actions of the Palestinian resistance to liberate their leaders and fighters and organizers and comrades, but also to nationally challenge the, the Zionist colonizer and challenge the imperialist war machine in the heart of the imperial core that they will not be left alone, that they and their brothers and sisters inside occupied Palestine behind bars are leading the struggle, are fighting back, and are organizing for all of our future. And so when we see the Palestinian prisoners movement speaking out about the Palestine action prisoners, that is a call to all of us to act to organize and to make clear that we will not leave our brothers and sisters behind bars from the US to Britain, to France, to occupied Palestine. Thank you so much, Sharla. Um, I think that you've you've said so much in there that resonates. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm really grateful that you were able to draw on the interconnections internationally and speak about some of the other cases that have been there for many, many years and that, that those battles and those challenges are still ongoing. I will come back to you, but I am going to bring in Suzanne now. So Suzanne, thank you for joining us today. Suzanne, um, the International Association of Democratic Lawyers also issued a statement in which the point was made that Hoda mentioned earlier about defendants in, in, the, in this case being prohibited by the judge from arguing their primary defence, that their actions were taken in the necessity to save lives and prevent a greater crime and were not allowed to enter evidence of Israeli war crimes in court. Whereas Elbit made weapons have been involved in attacks on Palestinians in Gaza, assassinations in the West Bank, as well as uh, in British use of those weapons in Afghanistan and also in Iraq. The statement also points out that divestment of shareholders from Elbit is key. So it focuses on all the enabling elements of the complicity. And we will also share the link to the statement in the thread below after this conversation so people can access it. Um, I just wanted to ask you, Suzanne, so democratic lawyers um, will be partaking and mobilising in in supporting the um, in solidarity with with Pal Action, where do you see sort of other legal networks, and what does uh, activating other legal networks look like in the foreseeable future to support those that are being criminalised? Uh, thank you for that question, and um, uh, thank you for asking me to be part of this conversation. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to answer that question um, and sort of beginning with uh, talking a little bit about uh, what the International Association of Democratic Lawyers is. And, and it, it is a global organization that is decades old, uh, representing various um, progressive, radical, in some cases, revolutionary legal organizations, as well as individual jurists and legal workers. Uh, around the world um, that was created um, 
to be kind of uh, a voice of the sort of global um, non-aligned movement back um, in the post-World War II era, right? And um, it still, it, it continues to sort of um, be a, a very strong organization up until this day uh, with representation, you know, throughout the global south as well as the west including in palestine and, and and an organization like that is sort of like um valuable in, in, in its ability to sort of use platforms right not just to call for uh the rights of political prisoners and uh dissidents and um and the rights of those that are resisting um but also you know to um do something similar to what um, we see happening with Palestine action is just to sort of use those platforms to uh, be able to ex expose, confront, and use legal tools to try to shut down um, the sort of the entities or um, that reinforce these systems of, of oppression. Um, and so, you know, you could, I think that would be great if you shared um, our resolution uh, with a larger audience. And I think folks could also, you know, look on our website, IADL Law, um, which I think could give you a little bit more information about the organization itself. And we have a sort of a very kind of like comprehensive mission statement, but among uh, what we put forth as being, you know, our mission, as this global progressive entity, um, you know, is to you know use the league our legal platforms and legal movements uh, towards uh, supporting you know the principle of equality among peoples, the rights of peoples to uh, self determination, the elimination of imperialism and colonialism, among among other things. Um, and I I want to talk a little bit about like what it means for organizations like IDL and NLG and other legal networks to um, to support resistance leaders and support resistance movement. Uh, but first I want to say that like in line with what the previous speakers were saying, uh, you know, Palestine Action has been a really powerful um, uh, source of inspiration uh, for for many people, for many movements, right? Um, and not just because of you know the brave ways in which they've been kind of like occupying and blockading, but like I think that um, it really does offer like an example of a model for uh, particularly like younger organizers and activists that are trying to kind of like understand. What what it what does it mean to resist, right? What does it mean for us to resist, um, especially from within the belly of the beast or the belly of the beasts, right? Multiple, um, and you know, in the case of like what we've seen sort of like play out uh, with the, with Palestine action, um, again is like we we see direct actions that have succeeded in exposing and confronting and and shutting down. Um, Zionism, colonialism, and imperialism embodied in, in these very destructive and um, genocidal uh, weapons manufacturers, as, as well as a larger war machine, as, as Charlotte um, pointed out, um, while also confronting and exposing the ways in which the UK is complicit in that. Um, and I think it's also important to point out that, like, not only is this about uh, kind of, use, sort of using those actions to confront, you know, these uh, global sort of the global larger war machine, but it's also about the way that Palestine Action has been organizing a people's movement, demanding that their cities and towns end their complicity with these systems of, of an oppression. Um, you know, uh, stated differently, um, organizing a people's movement, demanding that um, or, or a people's movement that is focused on building not just sustainable cities, but anti-imperialist cities, anti-racist cities, anti-imperialist towns. And I think that um, so not only has this movement become pivotal in, um, you know, in, in how we see the global Palestinian liberation movement, as, as, as Charlotte has said, but I think it has also become pivotal to what it means 
uh, for many movements, right? Um, to uh, understand what resistance is and, and, and offer many movements to um, think about what it means to elevate uh, local organizing in the West to, to center confronting empire, right? And speaking from the perspective of somebody from the United States, that's something that is often, often missing. Um, and so in that regard, you know, um, and when I, um, as I was stating before, you know, it, it's imperative that our radical legal community, uh, which is a, a wide multi-layered sort of like network, whether it be organizations like ID, like the International Association of Democratic Lawyers or National Lawyers Guild in the US or Haldane Society in the UK, um, or it just, you know, be maybe independent and um, sort of radical lawyers or legal workers or legal students. Um, I think that like it's important for us to sort of think about in our in our work uh, what it means to, to support both the resistance leaders and the resistance movements, right? So like how do we protect leaders from harm while also being able to offer um, you know our expertise, our platforms to support the necessary escalation of our resistance struggles, right? Because that's um, you know th that's. Uh, for for many of us, what we kind of understand movement lawyering to be, right, and and and, and essentially is all ab is about protecting sort of our rights um, um, and the the rights of our nations, etc. Um, and in doing that, it can't really just be reduced to this idea of rights as defined by a lib liberal legal framework that can often reinforce these systems of oppression. But I think that we need to kind of like think about uh, examples of like, you know, legal defense movements akin to what we've seen develop for the freedom of other political prisoners, right? Including many of, of the ones that Charlotte had mentioned, but also hearkening back to other revolutionary struggles. Like, you know, when we are thinking about what it means to build um, kind of a legal, a people's legal movement in support of political prisoners, Palestinian political prisoners in the United States, we look to see, like, how do the Black Panthers uh, could organize in support of their uh, of of uh, <clears throat> of their political prisoners? How did the Indigenous movement confront also this kind of repression? Uh, how did how did other movements confront these kinds of repression? Also, but not just in our own country, uh, but you know, we also see uh, many great examples uh, from 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 other parts of the world, right? Um, and and also to sort of understand that, like, in the way that Palestine action has kind of like used direct action as a sort of a vehicle for that necessary confrontation, exposing and dismantling. Um, I think that, like, you know, on one level, yes, you know, the, the courts are, are there for folks to go in and say, you're violating the rights of these individuals and of these organizations and we want redress, we want this. But the courts can also often be kind of an extension of, of the larger movement. They also can be the platforms that uh, in which we confront and expose and seek to sort of shut down these systems of oppression. And I think it's very, very telling um, what you said, that the, the defendants in this case were prohibited by the judge from arguing their primary defense. Um, and and to hear why, you know, their actions were so vital in, you know, saving the lives of Palestinians and others, right? Because we know that these weapons um, don't just impact Palestinians, but um, I mean, they largely do, but, but Palestine Action themse themselves have like informed us of um, the, 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 the farther sort of reach of, of these manufacturers to save the lives of uh, of countless people and prevent you know uh, further crimes against humanity, right? And I think it, it it's very telling. Uh, first of all, from what I understand, that for a long time, a lot of these kind of like days in courts trials were delayed, right? Um, and and then we now have a situation where you know the the prosecution is going forward without the opportunity to be heard because the courts can become not just the courts themselves. But kind of the legal tools, the legal platforms that we either are already a part of or that we build and demand for ourselves really kind of become that place 
that can we can also use for the exposing and the confronting and the dismantling. Really, as we say, as lawyers, like where we put out our narrative of what is what is going on. And, and I think that that, you know, that denial of that opportunity um, is something that we need to um, really focus on and confront. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I will definitely be sharing the, the statement. So you can find the statement after this conversation in the thread. Um, I'll just, in the thread, I will add the statement by the um, International Association of Democratic Lawyers. Please do check that out. Um, I'll also share the statement that Samidun have put out um, and the, the statement that has been signed by various different activists, organisers, influential. So please do have a look at those. We are unfortunately coming to the end of this discussion. It's been wonderful to hear from um, all three of you, um, Huda, Charlotte, Suzanne, and I think we can easily go on. But I, I do want to give you a final note. And if I can ask you to perhaps just share some insights in terms of what next and what can people that are listening in today and that will listen into this conversation after this conversation, what can people do to support the, the PAL Action prisoners or to support PAL Action? Um, Charlotte, if you can perhaps elaborate more broadly, even in an international context and Suzanne. So um, Huda, do you want to go first? Yes, thank you. I'd just like to start by saying that in Palestine action, whether our defences are removed or kept in, that you know we we um, insist on continuing the fight. And if that means pleading not guilty and appealing to a jury to um, to find us not guilty, which they have the right to do without a defence, then 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 that is what we will do. Um, and we promise that if we're going to go down of some of us will go down, we're definitely going down fighting throughout the whole process. And we know that there is many people on the outside who will always continue the fight to shut down these factories and that Palestine action is not um, in any way going down. We're only getting stronger. And so that's why I think support for our prisoners is so crucial in strengthening this movement, as well as joining us on the front lines directly. But I just want to quickly read, uh, Mike is one of the prisoners. He is actually a scientist who was imprisoned for occupying uh, APPH, which is a Canadian weapons factory who supply parts for Israeli drones, as well as parts for Israeli and Saudi fighter jets. And he's currently in prison and we hope that he will be released towards the end of next month. He's been inside since February. And when he was imprisoned, he said, I have seen how the Palestinian people are best second class citizens on their own ever shrinking la lands. Clearly, this is apartheid. We have denounced and defeated it before and we must again. And I think he was referring to his own trip to Palestine several years uh, before he did take action, take direct action to shut down this weapons factory. And if you want to write to Mike, you can send an email and which will be forwarded on to him in prison at mikeonremand at protonmail.com. So that's mikeonremand at protonmail.com. And to all of our other prisoners, you can write to palactprisoners at protonmail.com. I'll also try and add that to the thread at the end of this call. But we also have an international day of action coming up in support of the prisoners. And that will be next Saturday, so the 22nd of July. So wherever you are, uh, we encourage you to organise um, in whichever capacity you can, whether that's banner drops, uh, whether that's protests um, or whether that's actions uh, as well. Obviously, any company who is complicit with what Albert Systems and other weapons manufacturers are doing are welcome targets for that. But also, the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, do have offices in nearly every city uh, in Britain. So they are also um, a place that you can protest against on that day of action. So we'd encourage you to, to join that 
um, as well. And you can also donate to our legal defence fund, which is on our website on palestineaction.org. And also, if you want to join us and take action to shut down these weapons manufacturers, then you can also sign up to join us on palestineaction.org. And I just want to thank again um, everyone who's uh, who's been supporting us and, and to the other speakers on this call. It's been very um, empowering to hear you all speak on this topic um, and to remind ourselves of the global struggle um, for the liberation of Palestine and, of course, leading with the Palestinians um, behind bars in Palestine as well. Thank you, Hoda. Um, Charlotte, would you like to come in next? Sure. Um, well, I want to second everything that Huda said and encourage people to organize actions and events in their areas on July 22nd and beyond. There, if you are, you can, first of all, Elbit and Elbit associated locations remain points of confrontation and attention throughout all of this. So if you have an Elbit um, associated uh, location in your area, standing in solidarity with the Palestine African prisoners is a great time to take action against Elbit in your area as well. Beyond this, um, you can organize at British consulates. Uh, you can organize, there's British consulates in many cities in Western countries. Beyond this, um, in Canada, for example, Scotiabank, one of the largest five banks in Canada, is the largest single foreign investor in Elbit Systems. And so Scotiabank is you know, directly involved in, in profiting from Palestinian death and profiting from attacks and assassinations on Palestinians from Gaza to Janine. So if you're in Canada and you don't have a British consulate near you, think about protesting at a Scotiabank um, on July 22nd and beyond to shut Elbit down and to stop these attacks. Um, and in, so in every country, in every city, there's something that you can do, even if it's as simple as taking a photo online, even if it's taking this issue to an organization that you're a part of and adopting a resolution, there's something that you can do to help shut Elbit down and to help uh, defend the Palestine action prisoners. If you can take a direct action, that's also something that you can do. But if you can't do a direct action, there are many steps that you can take to build that popular movement to build that popular support. I mean, that's one of the things that Suzanne talked about that has been so essential to Palestine Action's approach is building that mass base of community support for shutting Elbit down and for saying that this is an unwanted industry that is destructive, that is destroying people's lives, that is destroying people's futures. And this is why it's so important and indeed necessary for us to take action. If you're a part of a legal organization, we urge you to speak speak up about these cases. And we also urge you to speak up against the about the repression targeting Palestine activism um, internationally. So in the United States, in Britain, in Germany, in Spain, in France, in the Netherlands, and elsewhere. And of course, to organize and mobilize for the liberation of Palestinian political prisoners. Um, as we noted before, there are 5,000 Palestinian political prisoners currently held in Zionist jails. 1,083 of them are currently held in administrative detention. You can protest and organize for their liberation. When we talk about the Palestinian political prisoners, they are not just prisoners of the Zionist regime. They're also prisoners held by every single one of these imperialist powers that is funding and supporting and aiding and propping up that regime inside that colonial regime inside occupied Palestine. And so we have the absolute ability and need to demand that these governments end their ongoing imprisonment and targeting of the of the Palestinian people and of the Palestinian prisoners. Um, our actions around the world Sometimes they are large and sometimes they are small, but they are all noticed by the Palestinian prisoners inside Zionist jails. They are all taken note of and they are critical to breaking down isolation. 
One of the things the Zionist regime wants to do is to isolate the Palestinian prisoners movement. They want to isolate them not from their communities, from their organizations, from their collectives, from their societies, because of the potential that they have to organize Palestinians to fight back and defeat Zionism. Um, but they also want to isolate them from their natural allies, supporters, and comrades in the broader Arab struggle, in the regional struggle, and in the international social justice movement. So every time that we organize to free Wadiz Dekka, the Palestinian political prisoner, freedom fighter, and intellectual who's uh, currently suffering from severe Israeli medical neglect, um, as well as uh, rare bone marrow cancer, phylo, uh, myelofibrosis, and has been repeatedly denied release. Every time we organize to free Wadi Dekka, every time we call to free uh, Muhammad Abu Saha, the circus teacher who's being jailed without charge or trial, uh, these efforts are noticed, they're significant, and they help to break down these walls of isolation that the occupation wants to impose. Similarly, you can also write to Palestinian political prisoners in Zionist jails, just like uh, the case for the Palestine action prisoners uh, in, in the case of Mike that Huda just spoke about. Writing these letters helps to boost morale, sustain support, and grow their, uh, and show that this isolation is working on the part of the Zionist regime. So uh, we have information at samidun.net about how to write to Palestinian political prisoners, how to organize a letter writing event, um, and how to, you can write letters to Palestine action prisoners, to George Abdullah, and to Palestinian prisoners in occupied Palestine together, showing that this is one struggle, one movement, and we will not let any of our prisoners be left behind. Thank you so much for that, Charlotte. And feel free to share any links in the thread after this conversation so people can just get in touch. Um, I think, Huda, did you want to come in? You had your hand up. Yes, just a, just a quick one. I just also wanted to add that we have trials going on all of the time and they are across the country. So if you are in England um, or even Scotland or then there are plenty of trials that you can go and support. And it is so crucial that people do that as well, because that is continuing the fight. And I think it's so important for the courts to see how much support uh, we have on our side. And you can also watch as uh, put Elbit in the dock and, and fight to prove that Elbit is the guilty party in these cases. So you can find out more about that at palestineaction.org forward slash trials. We have a trial coming up next week on the 17th and 18th, which will be at Wolverhampton Magistrates Court. But there's several other ones as well that you can find on our website. Thank you for that, Huda. Suzanne, do you want to uh, come in with your concluding points? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I'd mainly uh, just endorse everything that's already been said. Um, I think in in particularly um, around sort of the importance of mobilizing our our local movements um, to participate in this day of action, right? Um, and the importance of sort of making sure uh, that they don't succeed in kind of isolating um, this this movement and. For the legal networks, I, I would add uh, to what Charlotte already said, um, to pay attention to what's going on and offer your support uh, for any for for the different local actions that might be happening in, in your in your country in your city, um, in case support is needed. And then also just what we wrote in our resolution that like you know we're committed to um, and taking the lead of the Palestine action organizers um, and uh, answering their you know specific calls for support and um, also like hear hear from them as to um, how else these networks could be useful. Thank you Suzanne. I just want to thank um, everybody that has joined today to listen into this conversation. You can also share this conversation after it's finished so please do. Um, Thank you to Huda, to Charlotte and to Suzanne for taking the time 
to to be present today um and we'll we'll stay connected and we'll keep our listeners um up to date with everything you can keep up to date on through our twitter feed we usually do share our updates on there i do want to end with a final quote and it's a quote by the longest serving palestinian prisoner he was released from an israeli prison his name is karim yunis he was released at 66 and he said we have fought and sacrificed for the right of self-determination for our country and dignity and we will continue to fight from the depth of ourselves with all that remains of our lives prison has not controlled us and the captors that chain ourselves have themselves become prisoners in our lives therefore we shall imprison the occupation with the might of our resistance and persistence for freedom the occupation shall remain watchful preoccupied and anxious thank you everybody for joining and i will end the conversation there